This program is being monitored by Spirit for quality purposes. Welcome to the Faith and More podcast. This is a trans-denominational podcast. Everyone is welcome and safe here, no matter what your faith is or isn't. Hello, my name is Reverend Angel Wise, and I'll be your host. I am an ordained trans-denominational minister, director of Oblates Perpetual Light, a shamanic light worker specializing in intuitive quantum and angelic healing, a studying Kabbalist and life coach. I firmly believe that the divine works through people every day to help us. These angels and saints are so very humble. Many of us don't know they exist or existed. Each week we'll explore the lives of these amazing beings. We will also explore topics that can help your faith, no matter what it is or isn't. The goal of this show is to inspire, encourage, educate, uplift, strengthen, and heal you and your faith. So be sure to follow and subscribe so you never miss an episode. Bless you and enjoy the show. So before we begin, let us roll the disclaimers. The views and opinions expressed by the host, moi, are solely, which I mean that literally, mine. Any and all content provided is my opinion and is not intended to malign any religion, ethnic group, club, organization, company, individual, or anyone or anything. I always recommend that you, the listener, further investigate, contemplate, and meditate on everything that is shared. ISEs, individual soul experiences, will vary. Listening discretion is advised. Hello, hello, and welcome to the show, everyone. How are you all doing? Really, how are you all doing? I know life can be a poo-poo sometimes, can't it? (laughs) A lot of times. But I so hope and pray that you all are doing as well as possible. Know that each and every one of you are in my heart and prayers. And if you are in need of individual prayers, um, please, please, please do not hesitate to reach out to me. My contact information is at the end of the show. At the end of every show, I love to pray. Our Faith and More family love to pray. So let us pray for you. And I so hope and pray that uh, by listening to the podcast, that each episode is helping you to better understand life and why things are happening the way they do and ways that you can be proactive in positive ways to react uh, that will really help change everything, literally. And if you're just not sure, please don't hesitate to reach out to me. I'd be more than happy to do everything I can to help you or connect you with someone that can. So who are we going to be learning about today? How about St. Zeta with a Z, as in zebra, of Luca? How many of you, show of hands, have heard of St. Zeta? Yeah, there are a few. Yeah, I'm surprised. I hadn't really heard of her until recently. Spirit popped me on the head and said, hey, how about this one? So who am I to argue or debate with Spirit? (laughs) But St. Zeta is truly, a truly amazing saint and someone that we can all greatly learn from. I mean, she's not one of your over-the-top miraculous saints by any means. Um, Everything that she did was very uh, humble, very small. 
But I mean, as we're going to see, and as I hope you've all learned throughout this, the podcast and all the episodes, is that it doesn't take but small things to equal up to something great. And again, St. Zita is a perfect example of that. So St. Zita's feast day is April the 27th in the Catholic Church. Um, she is a 13th century Italian woman whose humble and patient service to God has made her a patron saint of maids and other domestic workers. So in other words, she is the patron saints of those who work in the hospitality industry, of which I work in, my wife works in, and my son works in. Uh, so that would be anything from restaurants to hotels to retail to you know anything where you are serving and assisting others. And those of you who work in that industry or have worked in that industry know it can be quite challenging because a lot of times you deal with people um, who just don't care, that are just so I, me, and my focused, um, and they can be quite rude, quite belligerent, uh, even abusive at times. But uh, those of you who are like me know that that is absolutely the best line of work to be in to further your spiritual practice. It really will test the grade of your metal um, in working in these industries. So my hat's off and deepest bow to all of you who work in this industry, uh, the service industry. So St. Zita was born into poverty during the early 1200s. Zita was taught by her mother from an early age to seek God's will in all circumstances. She had already developed a strong prayer life by the time she was sent at age 12, 12, one, two, to work in the home of the Fatinelli family in Luca. So at the age of 12 years old, she was sent to go work for a wealthy family to be their maid, 12 years old. And most teens today think they have it hard, eh? <laughs> Zita's employers lived near a church where she managed by waking up extremely early in the morning to attend daily mass. She looked upon her work primarily as a means of serving God and kept herself mindful of his presence during long hours of exhausting tasks. And this concept is, is very universal in all faiths, is that when you are doing tasks, no matter how menial the task is, um, as Thich Nhat Hanh says, even washing dishes, that you do these tasks with the Creator in mind. Uh, you should be aware of what you're doing, very awake in every moment, very grateful for every moment. Because again, as we've known for how long now uh, with all of our shows, that you don't know when your last moment's going to be. And you should be grateful that you have every moment, every breath, every heartbeat to practice your faith, to actually live and be your faith. And that's what St. Zita was and what she shows us by great example that we can all do as well. Again, no matter what you're going through in life, always refer to the Creator. Always give thanks to the Creator. Always ask for light from the Creator to, to continue on, to do your very best, to serve the very best to represent the creator the very best, to 
allow your light and the light of the creator to shine through you to as many people as possible. Again, exactly what St. Zita did. Her presence in the Fatinelli household, however, was inexplicably unwelcome and met with harsh treatment for a number of years. Zita suffered hostility and abuse from her employers, including fits of rage and beatings. So in the 1200s, they cared not for their servants. Their servants to them were worthless. They were uh, worth less than their livestock, you know, than the pigs and the cows and the horses. Um, you know, because as those of you who work in, in the hospitality industry know, unfortunately, uh, this continues a lot to this day. Employers don't realize uh, the benefit of great people working in the hospitality industry. And they will awful, often, excuse me, mistreat those people, um, not give them the kudos they deserve or the recognition they deserve. And th this shouldn't matter to us because we, again, we should be doing this with the motivation and intention that we are in service to the creator and that we are honored and blessed to be in this existence and doing what we're doing, right? Uh, but still, some acknowledgement, you know, positive acknowledgement doesn't hurt. It goes a long way. And unfortunately, a lot of employers just don't care because they see you as very replaceable. Less than a dime a dozen, um, you know, that regardless of how much experience you have. And, and that's one of the biggest problems I see with today's work industry is that experience doesn't matter for nothing anymore. Um, used to be people actually paid for people who are experienced and well-seasoned. Now, they, they don't care. They absolutely don't care. Again, you're replaceable. They can just get somebody else and bring them in and pay them less than what they're paying you, and that's how they look at it. They like either do the job. If you don't want to do the job or do more than the job, you know, three jobs for the price of none, um, then go somewhere else. You know, they're that way, and that's a shame. But again, through St. Zita today, we're going to learn more and more about how to make the best of these type of situations. The young woman faced these trials with patience and inner strength, developing through a life of prayer. In time, the members of the household came to value her service and appreciate the virtues she had acquired through God's grace. So here we see that as time went and as she kept you know, responding and being the light, again, coming from a place of love instead of a place of hate, anger, and reaction, a place of taking. She came from a place of giving that they eventually changed their thoughts and views on her. Zita maintained her humility when she was promoted to a position of responsibility within the Fatinelli home. She continued to view her earthly responsibilities as a service to God and to seek his presence through prayer and fasting. She also refused to hold a grudge against those who once mistreated her. So Zita gets a promotion. Kudos to her. They finally recognized her and, and gave her a promotion. But did it change her? No. She remained humble. You know, she could have easily said, I'm in a position of power now, and I'm going to take out the abuse that was done on me to those below me. But no, she did not. She not only didn't do that, she treated everyone fairly, but she did not hold any grudges, ill will, or bad feelings against the family that she was working for. 
Within her new household role, Zita was faithful to Christ's admonition that superiors should conduct themselves as the servants of all. She was kind to give those under her direction and mindful of the poor through frequent almsgiving to the point of personal sacrifice. Throughout her life, Zita found a source of strength and consolation in the Mass of the Holy Communion, which frequently moved her to tears. Despite her many responsibilities, she frequently set aside time to recall God's presence through contemplative prayer in the course of the day. So she not only gave by working to this family and gave to those uh, she worked with and those who she uh, was supervising, but she also gave alms. She gave food to the poor. She helped the poor and she went to church as often as she could. And she was an avid prayer warrior and often, so often contemplated, you know, the things, the meanings of the prayers and just really meditated. Again, something we can all learn from, you know, because this show is all about, well, a big part of it is about contemplative prayer. And that, again, makes me have the question to all of you. How are you all with your daily prayer, with your contemplative prayer? Excuse me. I mean, many of you will say, I just don't have time. I hear that. That's the number one reply that I hear is that I just don't have time. Well, as we see, little Zeta here didn't have time either. But what did she do? She made time. She made her relationship with the creator. She made her faith, her prayer, her practice a priority in her life. And that's what I ask all of you is to try to make your faith, a priority in your life. We give priority to so many things. We give priority to Facebook, keeping up on that, and Instagram, and TikTok, and, you know, anything with our phones or computers or notepads or whatever, you know, whatever social media or whatever the media or government depicts or dictates, we give all kinds of attention to that. But again, as I've said so many times uh, in, you know, end of last season and this season so far is, how much and how often are we feeding our soul? How often are we allowing our spirit and our soul and helping our spirit and soul to um, attain its goals in this lifetime, to do what it's here to do? We often suppress, so all too often, suppress our soul or spirit, uh, whatever you want to call it, um, or nefesh, if you want to call it in Hebrew. We suppress that to the point to where we are just living from the physical, the I, me, and mine, um, and not allowing spirits and uh, soul to live, to breathe, to do what it's here to do. We always push it away or we just completely lock it away and ignore it. So it's so very important that we learn from Zeta. And if you're having problems finding out or coming up with time to, to practice or just coming up with a practice or how to pray or, you know, just you need some support. The Oblates of Perpetual Light are a great way, if not one of the best ways to do this. And I'm going to play that infomercial right now for you. My apologies for the brief show interruption. Are you in need of healing? I am beyond blessed and elated to be able to offer healing sessions to you. I am able to offer healing sessions at an intuitive, quantum, and or angelic level. 
The mode of healing used depends on the healing you require. We begin with a discovery call. This call lasts approximately 30 minutes. It is absolutely free and is used for us to get to know each other and explore your healing needs. After this, if you wish to continue, we will have the initial consultation call. Here I will explain to you what modes of healing I will be using, what this entails, and what to expect. This session will last one hour. The minimum donation is $20. Next is the actual healing sessions. These sessions last for one hour each. The minimum donation is $50 per session or three sessions for $100. If money is an issue for you, which it is for just about all of us, please do not hesitate to book a discovery call. Again, reminder, that is absolutely free. We can discuss during that call the minimum donation or possibly bartering, which I'm always open to. To book a session, please contact me at faithinmorepodcast at gmail.com. Bless you, and I hope to work with you soon. One of the biggest stories that relates to Zita giving her own food or that of her master to the poor is that one morning Zita left her chore of baking bread to tend to someone in need. Some of the other servants made sure the Fatinelli family was aware of what happened. When they went to investigate, they claimed to have found angels in the Fatinelli kitchen baking the bread for her. So here poor Zita goes out to help someone, and while she's out, the people, the other servants go and tattle on her and tell on her, and then when the Fatinelli family go to investigate, what do they find? <laughs> they find angels baking bread. Now, I want some of that bread. How about you all? <laughs> Talk about the sacrament or blessed bread. Woo! After foretelling her own death and spiritually preparing for it, St. Zita died in Lucca on April 27, 1271. It's estimated that she was between the age of 59 and 60 years old uh, because they did not have a um, date of birth, exact date of birth for it. As we've talked about, so many records for people back in those days were either burned and destroyed in fires or they just didn't keep them. Many residents of Lucca regarded her as a saint and began to seek her intercession to which a large number of miracles were attributed. Some writers even began referring to the city of Lucca as Santa Zita, or Saint Zita, in her honor. The Fatinelli family, which had once caused Saint Zita such extreme suffering, eventually contributed to the cause of her canonization. The earliest account of her life was found in a manuscript belonging to the family and published in 1688. The church's liturgical veneration of St. Zita was introduced in the early 1500s and confirmed by Pope Innocent XII in 1696. In 1580, her body was exhumed and found to be miraculously incorrupt, but it has since been mummified. It is venerated today in the Basilica of St. Frediano where she attended mass during her life. And there are photos of her laying in state uh, in a glass uh, coffin in uh, the Basilica of St. Frediano, excuse me, <laughs> Frediano, F-R-E-D-I-A-N-O, -E Frediano. Um, I'm not going to use any pictures of her for the uh, show cover. Uh, 
her laying in state because, as it says, she is mummified now, and she, she, she's not looking so good. But I guess so, considering she's been dead since 1271. I wouldn't look good either. I don't look good now. So, hey, <laughs> just saying. Uh, so, anyway, it's awesome. It is so awesome that they exhumed her and they placed her forever in the church that she venerated and went to and worshipped in every day. So, this story of St. Zita is from the Catholic News Agency. And, of course, as always, I will have a link to it in the show description. Another story regarding St. Zita is that it is said that when she passed, the bells of the Basilica of St. Fadiano began ringing on their own. And I have no doubt, <laughs> no doubt about that. I mean, she was so connected to it. And speaking of connections, she worked for the Fratinelli family for 48 years. She worked for them. So think about it. She started there when she was 12 she worked her entire life for that family. So that is her story. Um, I'm not going to conclude here yet. I want to continue on uh, because, again, there's so many great lessons that we can learn from St. Zita as well as all the other saints. And pretty much everyone and anyone we have that we talk about on the show, I'm sure we could actually learn from you. If you would like to be on the show or know someone that you would recommend to be on the show, don't hesitate to contact me. Contact information is at the end of the show, end of every show. I'm more than happy to talk with you, uh, communicate with you, or whomever you would like to have on the show. If they're wanting to come on, let's do it. It'd be great. I would like to see Season 6 have some interviews uh, with other people. So feel free to let me know. So, again, a running theme is to, you know, do whatever you do to live however you live with light, with light from the creator. And I know that can be very difficult, especially, you know, in times, I mean, look, St. Zeta was actually abused and beaten at times. I'm not saying for anyone to go to that extreme. If you're being abused, you need to take action and get out of that situation because no one, especially this day and age, should be abused at all. There's no reason for it. Uh, but in the same token, with any kind of, you know, people being mean, or just you're having a hard day or a hard time, um, as we've been learning, discovering, and exploring in the importance of how to see these things as the Creator bestowing challenges to us, you know, wanting us, because there's things that we need, our soul and our spirit, our nefesh needs to learn to work through and to ascend. And, you know, so whatever obstacle is put in your path is there for a reason. It's not there for you to necessarily avoid, to run away from. It's there for you to address. And there's right ways and there's wrong ways. You know, wrong ways are to be, you know, meet aggression with aggression, meet war with war. Um, you know, correct ways are to be proactive. You know, try your best to be, um, keep your heart open and to see these challenges as these are coming from the creator or are put in motion by the Creator, and that we are to learn something from them, and that we're to respond and reply in love, or as close to that as possible, and to um, absolve ourselves of that challenge by working through it. And in essence, you are ascending a level every time you meet a challenge. 
Um, Kabbalists say that within your lifetime, you will have 40, 40, 40 minor challenges and 10 major challenges in your life. Total of 50 challenges uh, that the Creator will bestow upon you. And it's all about how you respond to these challenges. And I'm sure most of you get at least 50 challenges a day in your everyday life. There's so many things, um, especially in today's culture and society and with the media and government and all that stuff that just does everything it can to press your buttons and to push you and push you. So you snap. And that's exactly what the darkness wants us to do. The darkness wants us to lose it. The darkness wants us to snap. The darkness wants us to lose our temper. The darkness wants us to fail our challenges. And what happens when we fail a challenge? It's going to come around again and again and again and again, whether in this lifetime or the next or the hereafter. Uh, those of you who are Roman Catholic believe in purgatory, or I should say Catholic, period, believe in purgatory. That's a place where if you didn't get learn through your lessons in this life, you're going to be in purgatory working through them, working through those challenges there. Um, others believe in hell. Uh, same, same premise. If you don't get through the challenges in this life and accomplish the task, you'll go there and have to do it there. Um, different faiths believe different things, but they all come down to that you will have to gradually pass these challenges, that you can't avoid them, you can't run from them, that every time you, you know, as I said, react from a place of taking, which is reaction from, you know, meeting in kind. If someone's mean to you, you're mean back. If they say something nasty to you, you say something nasty back. Um, you know, as, as long as we're doing this, you know, if someone cuts you off in traffic, you start road rage um, or blow your horn and cuss them out and do all kinds of other things that just isn't something the creator would want you to do. It's not coming from love and it's not coming from light, right? So that's the thing, is to always come from love and light. And again, I know none of us are perfect. So we, we, there are going to be times when we blow the horn and cuss somebody out. It's, it's natural. But the thing is, is to try your level best to become aware as quickly as possible and to regain your composure, to ask the creator for help and light, and to do your own way of, you know, penance or remorse or um, absolution. You know, I, yeah, if you are Catholic and you think you need to go to confession, I have no, I'm not poo-pooing on that at all. If that's your belief and you believe it helps, go for it. But for those of you who are not, you can do it yourself. It's between you and the creator. Just ask for forgiveness. Because the thing is, is there's no, there's nothing to forgive. You just failed a challenge, that's all. So it's no big deal, and life is to be learned from. But that's the important thing is that we learn, we grow, we evolve. Um, so you learn from that, you go forward. Keeping Again, it's important that if you are as mindful as possible and awake in every moment, realizing what you truly and naturally are and what everyone truly and naturally are in that when things go poo-poo, these are challenges from the Creator and address them and reply to them as such. You'll see that your whole life view 
in all of your actions, in your mindset, in your heart, all change to flow in a more natural, which is how you should be, how you were created to be, more natural way. But also keep in mind that the very same thing applies when things go good for us. So if something happens to you where you get a windfall of money or fortune or things are going great in your life, don't take that for granted because that is a challenge as well from the creator. How do you react to that? Do you do your happy dance? Nothing wrong with doing a happy dance, but do what you can to pay it forward. Um, as we see with St. Zita, she was big about helping the poor. If you have great things going on into your life, consider donating to your church or to a local organization, a homeless shelter, a women's shelter, um, a family shelter. There's all kinds of places that you can donate to. And if you didn't get a windfall of money and you want to donate, how about going through your closets and, and just getting things together that you don't use or not going to use anymore? Things that don't serve you anymore, whether it be clothes or appliances, and donate them to the local charity, whether it be Goodwill, St. Vincent de Paul. And I know a lot of people have different views and opinions on these organizations, but I'm just saying those as examples. Just give to whomever you can give to. If you know a family or a neighbor that is in need, go knock on their door. You know, talk to them, offer to them to what you have. You know, see, hey, would you be interested in this? Here's a toaster oven. Um, would you like to have that? Would you, you know, offer it to them? You know, out, again, from love and kindness. These are ways in which we should and can easily easily help people and give people. So there's always something. There's always many things we can do. And if you say, you know what, I, I just don't have anything to give and I don't have any money. How about your time? You know, how about, you know, volunteering at your church um, or, you know, your synagogue or your mosque? I mean, even if it's just an hour or two to help out in any way, whether that be going around and gathering the trash or sweeping the floor or dusting or anything like that. And again, I know, I know, we all are so very busy and our lives are such hustle and bustle all the time. But these are ways in which we can give back in ways that we can share our light and our love. I mean, even if it's just, you know what, I'm going to, you know, just, again, be mindful, be awake when you go out and when you're interacting with other people. Hold the door for somebody if it's not an automatic door. You know, if you're trying to hustle and bustle and get to a parking space and you see somebody else in front of you trying to get that same spot, instead of being aggressive and taking that spot, wave them on. Let them have it. Little things like this that you don't, that you might think are so small, but to somebody else, to the other person that's receiving this blessing is just you don't know. It could actually not only make their day, but make their life. Because, you know, some people we don't realize are at the very end of their wick, that they're at the very end. And that one more thing will push them over the edge to where they'll, you know, unlife themselves. Or I guess that's what they call it now, because you can't say the other word for when people take lives or anything anymore, because you get I don't know. You get dinged for it. So 
I don't want that to happen for the show. But as you know, what you all know what I'm saying here is that, you know, you'd never know when one action to someone is going to be the thing that puts them over the edge or the thing that saves them. And you might say, well, it was just a parking space. Yes, to you, it was just a parking space. But to them, it was everything to them. Maybe they're in a hurry. Maybe they have a loved one that needs medication or a loved one that just passed and they're frantic. They need this spot, this parking space, so they can run into the store and get what they need for a wake, for a funeral, for medical care, or who knows what? Who knows what? And that's the, again, we are turning our attention away from the I, me, and mine. I'm not saying don't take care of yourself. I would never say that. It's important that you take care of yourself. But it's also important that we acknowledge the creator in all beings and all things. And again, if you don't like people, which I know a lot of people don't, look at them as the creator. You just gave the creator a parking space. And you want to say, well, the creator could make his own space. Yes, the creator could make their own space. But hey, you're doing a gift here. You're doing the blessing. You're doing a giving of your love and light. Give them the parking space. You know, again, use your imagination. It's infinite. The, the things that we can do are literally infinite. And they're so small. But as we see with St. Zeta is that the little things really, really add up and they add up quickly. Well, what's another takeaway from St. Zeta? How about not holding a grudge? Honestly, if anybody had a right, she had a right to hold grudges against a lot of people, you know, from the people that she worked for to the people that she, you know, that worked for with her, you know, the other servants. I mean, people that worked under her that turned on her. She had every right, of course, as we would say in our I, me and my world, she had every right to retaliate. Ask, you know, want revenge or do actions of revenge. But she didn't. She didn't. She, again, seen the creator in all beings and seen that these were challenges that she needed to address and she needed to overcome. Now, she didn't let herself be a walking mat. Now, again, I'm not saying for any of us to do that as well. You can. You, there are ways of standing up for yourself and, and doing it in a, in a way that is, you know, according to your faith, that is standing up in love and light for yourself and others. Um, Maybe we'll do a show on that in the future if you all feel the need for that. But I think it's kind of self-explanatory if you actually put your heart and mind to it. Uh, so there are ways to do this. And she didn't hold a grudge. Now, how many of us hold grudges, especially with things that happened to us in the past? You know, when you forgive somebody for something that they did to you in the past, it's not doing anything for them. Yes, it may, you know, tickle them to know that you know they are forgiven for what they did, you can either do that verbally or written or just in your own heart and mind quietly. What it does most of all is it lightens your load. It lightens your burden because we have to stop living in the past. So many of us spend the majority, of, if not all of our lives, living in the past You know, for things that have happened. And I'm not saying... I'm not belittling any PTSD. Believe me, I have it myself. But what I'm saying is to work through it. Don't hold grudges against anyone. Don't wish anyone any ill will. Again, remember, 
these things happened because these were challenges from the creator. Okay. Again, whatever it was, it was from the creator because the creator is everything, literally past, present, and future. So focus more on now, which is all we have is right here, right now, this breath, this heartbeat to sit and relive over and over and over again. What happened in the past is nothing but wasting your life, your light and your energy in this current lifetime. You know, we need to let that stuff go and continue to be aware of here and now and make the very most of every second. And we've had shows on this in past seasons, and I'm sure since it's always a great topic and always a topic that's quite relevant to all of us all the time, I'm sure we'll have more shows on it in the future. But if you're having problems, if you find you're having problems working through this, hey, I'm also a life coach. I'd be more than happy to help you. Contact me. Again, information is at the end of the show, at the end of every show. I know it sounds like a used car, car salesman in this episode, right? Uh, but no, I, I, re I really mean it. I really mean it. If you all need help and there's anything I can ever do to help you, please, please, please don't hesitate to reach out to me. You'd be surprised. A lot of things I've been through I can relate to, and I'd be more than happy to help you understand and relate to it and work through it too. So that, my dear brothers and sisters, is where we will park our horse for this week. So let's feed them some oats and give them a good uh, rub down and a washing. And every one of you, please stick around. Don't, don't hang up yet because <laughs> we've got our closing prayers and updates as well as our blessing. But please know that, again, each and every one of you are in my heart, thoughts and prayers. And I can't thank you enough for tuning in, for listening and for being here. And I so hope and pray you all return next Sunday. The Oblates of Perpetual Light is the first of its kind. We are the very first group of Oblates to fully utilize the internet to organize and communicate. This allows everyone and anyone to join from all over the world. The Oblates of Perpetual Light are inclusive, meaning everyone is welcome regardless of their beliefs, faith, identification, gender, sexual preference, etc. We are independent, meaning that we are not affiliated with any church other than being connected with the Faith and More Ministries, and we are trans-denominational. We are not affiliated with any one religion. We greatly respect the beliefs and freedoms of others. We are all children of the universe. Only four things are required of any oblate of perpetual light. The first, study and contemplate some sacred texts of your faith at least once a day. It's up to you how much you study and contemplate. It can be as little as a sentence or as much as you wish. You choose when, where, and how long. Number two is prayer. Prayer is key in the heart of the Oblate's perpetual light. It is imperative that an Oblate pray sometime during the day or night. Again, this is up to you to choose when, where, and for how long. The Oblates will gather together online, typically Zoom, at least once a month. There is also a Facebook group where Oblates can meet and commune more often if they choose. There are Oblates who are very social and there are Oblates who are very private. All are respected. If you are more private and or ascetic, you will need to keep in contact with the director of Oblates, moi, privately. Number four love and respect all members regardless of their faith we are here 
as a group, not just as individuals. Everyone's faith, beliefs, views, etc. will be respected. Bullying, hate, attacks, and etc. will not be tolerated. If this all sounds kosher and great to you, and you would like to become a member of the Oblates Perpetual Light, please contact me, our director, at oblates.pl at gmail.com. Again, that's oblates, O-B-L-A-T-E-S dot P-L at gmail.com. I hope to see you as an oblate very soon. This week's prayer request and updates are as follows. I do have a big update and announcement uh, regarding Courtney Moore. Those of you who've been listening to the show for any length of time know we've been praying for Courtney for a long time. She has been in need of a heart transplant, and she finally got the call Thursday night at 8 p.m. that a heart was um, obtained, and we all know how that has to happen. Someone has to die in order for the heart to be available. So she got the call and surgery began for her at 11 a.m. this past Friday. And um, at this point, I really don't have any updates. If I do get any before the show airs, I'll be sure to uh, put an update before the prayers so we all know. Uh, But last I had heard... um, her surgery uh, paused around uh, between like 5 and 6 p.m. Friday uh, to give her body a chance to rest before they continued on with the surgery. Any of you who have had a major surgery, such as anything to do with the heart or any vital organs, uh, know what it does to your body. Your body goes into complete shock because it is just completely... Uh, foreign to anything your body has experienced. Um, and even though you are out um, as far as being unconscious, your body is still feeling and experiencing um, everything that you're going through. And I would imagine your spirit and soul does as well, even though it doesn't affect it. Uh, so anyway, um, that is the update that I've heard. Let us please keep Courtney, her family, as well as her donor and her donor's family in your heart, thoughts, and prayers. Uh, Bill and Joanne are in need of prayers. Bill meets with his surgeon on the 29th to discuss the procedure and when they're going to schedule his surgery to remove the tumor that is inside his ear uh, against the bone, um, I guess, near his skull. Uh, Also, Joanne is in need of our heart, thoughts, and prayers. She has multiple health issues. Um, As of last week, she has gone through every test possible, and she said that her doctors aren't communicating with her with regard to their findings yet, so she definitely needs our prayers. Also, prayers for Emily, Jonathan, and their family, Kayla, Terry, Denise, Stephanie, Katie, Sarah, Kia, Elaine, and Bob, Clyde, Lisa, and her family, Lana, Megan, Molly, Gwen, Octavia, Trish, Chad, and their family, Bishop Beckley and his family, Brother Abel, Mike S., Kelly and family, Michael W. and his family, Tanya and her family, Cheryl, Father Mike, Eddie, and Becky. And I received word from Father Mike that Becky is back in the hospital again. Uh, She underwent a triple bypass uh, heart 
uh, surgery a few months ago, as well as a uh, valve repair, and she has not been able to recover. Emma, Jean, Kathy, Tony, and their family, Michael T, Kyra, his family, or excuse me, her family, Jan, um, she's still having issues with her eyes, and she still has, uh, she's still healing from this last surgery, and she has cataract surgeries coming up, so please keep her in your heart, thoughts, and prayers. Also, James and Linda, and also an update with Elaine, she had to have some blood work done, so let us please keep her in our heart, thoughts, and prayers that the blood work comes back a-okay. And if you are in need of prayers, please, please, please don't hesitate to reach out to me. My contact information is coming up at the end of the show and is at the end of every show. I love to pray and our faith and more family love to pray. So let us pray for you. I do have a Courtney update for everyone. They did not end up uh, resuming the surgery after they did the pause, as I noted earlier. Um, in the prayer request, um, it was becoming too much for her body and her numbers were going down pretty quick. So they kept her on an ECMO machine and resumed surgery Saturday morning. They have finished surgery. They still have her on an ECMO, um, which is the heart and lung machine and everything else. Um, so she is now stable and the doctors are, you know, feeling, you know, more optimistic than they were uh, at this time, you know, 24 hours ago. So let us please, please, please keep Courtney in our heart, thoughts, and prayers, and I will definitely keep you all updated. And now our closing prayer and blessing. I could not think of any better prayer or more fitting prayer than a prayer to Saint Zita. So let us pray. Glorious Saint Zita, please assist us our diligence in all of our duties, our patience in all of our trials, so that following your example, being helped by your intercession in the miseries of this life, we may be united to you in the life to come, where there shall be no more weeping and sorrow, but joy and gladness and everlasting happiness. Amen. I so hope and pray you've enjoyed the show and that you've found everything that you're searching for and more here with us. Stop by anytime, all the time. You are family. If you enjoyed the show, please share it with as many people as possible. Subscribe, rate, and review. And if you really enjoyed the show, please consider making an offering. Offerings are a great way to help sustain and improve the show and the Faith and More ministry. Offerings can be made through Patreon at patreon.com that's p-a-t-r-e-o-n patreon.com slash faith and more podcast next is prayers i love to pray and our faith and more family love to pray as well so let us pray for you you can email me directly at faith and more podcast at gmail.com i am also offering healing sessions now that involve angelic intuitive and quantum healing this is done via phone or zoom due to the scope energy and time involved in this type of healing, there is a minimum donation required. Please contact me for more information at faithandmorepodcast at gmail.com. Also, please don't forget about our YouTube channel. There's lots of great videos there and it gives you more of an immersive experience. Just go to youtube.com slash at faithandmorepodcast. So until next time, have a most blessed week and know that each and every one of you are in my heart and prayers. 
bless you.